1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/recommend today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
0: On this edition of Finsider Daily, we take a look at the offense through the training camp practices so far. What have they done more importantly what are the coaches saying about them we're going to dive into several press conferences from sunday where several offensive coaches talk to the media we're going to kind of break down a few interesting quotes that we can pull away some information be sure to join us on today's FinSider daily yes, here we are once again coming to you with Finsider Daily. It's Monday morning. The Monday morning blues after the short weekend as they always are. Whoever invented the work schedule should uh, reconsider three-day weekends, four-day work weeks. I know a lot of people are going to four-day work weeks actually. They say it increases productivity. So maybe, maybe in the future, maybe in 10, 15 years we'll be coming to you after a three-day weekend instead of a uh, Two-day weekend, But then again, if we're still doing Finsider Radio in 10 to 15 years, I'm not sure what that means. That's either a good thing or a really, really bad thing. Anyways, Dolphins had training camp practice on Sunday. They are off today. They'll be back in action Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. Exact times being uh, Tuesday, 10.30 a.m. and then 9.40 a.m. the next three days. Dolphins going in pads for two days, two consecutive days, and they started to not really see a ton because it's really just still the beginning of training camp, but you can still continue to take a few takeaways from every practice and what uh, different things the coaches are saying. And on Sunday, several offensive coaches talk to the media, and I'm just going to do on this episode here is kind of run down a few of these quotes and just kind of analyze what they mean. Obviously, there's a lot of coach speak in press conferences, you can't really Take it at face value, but you also can't fully dismiss it either. It's kind of like right in the middle. But every so often there will be those moments, those times where a coach goes a little more and says a little more than maybe he wanted to or maybe he was purposely doing it that really gives you some insight as to how they're thinking. For example, when they were talking about the quarterback competition with all of the offensive coaches that talked to the media. Um, none of them really gave up any good information. They all just said, you know, each one's improving, each one has strengths, each one has weaknesses, and they're just kind of working through it all and getting the different reps in there. So really nothing pulled there from the quarterback competition. But when it came time to the running backs and the wide receivers and the tight ends, that was a little more revealing. And in terms of the overall offensive philosophy as well, there was one quote from offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea, where he was asked what's been encouraging about what he's seen on the field thus far. And right off the bat, he says, I think there have been some times we've really established the run. There have been some examples of us really protecting the quarterback and staying inside out and being very firm in protection. Communication level on the offensive line has gotten better and better and is continuing to grow. So the area of communication, the area of being able to run the ball and protect the passer Are areas that certainly there have been examples of positive things for our offense in that area. And that may sound like, okay, they're going to run the ball, they're going to communicate, they're going to protect the passer. That sounds like a great offensive philosophy. Everyone does it. But I thought what was revealing about this was that Chad O'Shea immediately started off by saying establishing the run, protecting the passer second. And while you may say that many NFL teams would love to establish the run. We know in today's NFL that is certainly not always the case. Under Adam GaSe, it was not always the case either. He liked to come out, liked to come out throwing, even though he would say sometimes he wanted to establish the run and get that going. He would, all too often, very quickly just turn to the passing game as he became impatient, uh, calling plays on the sideline. And other teams do that too. They'll just, you know, forego the run and just set the set the run up with the pass and kind of do things the opposite way. But I think from here, we can really kind of see where the Dolphins want to lean in. Many of us have suspected this, especially with a uh, defensive-minded head coach, right? You always expect the run game to be a big factor in this. But I think it's going to be a bigger factor than any of us may think right now. Not really in terms of off the charts uh, much more, but um, you know that kind of rotation there with Bellage, with Drake, with guys like uh, Chandler Cox getting in there and getting some run there as well. Um, I think you're really going to see... a uh, a really focused approach on the running game and really working hard to get that set up and then hitting those quick slants like they do so well in New England. Continuing on that run game, um, Chad O'Shea was talking about the fullback position and said that Chandler Cox has done a great job of coming in here. And there's been a lot of positive reviews on him. And um, they noticed that it started yesterday and pads right away that he's physical with the pad level. And, you know, O'Shea likes him. Studsville likes him. Studsville, the running back's coach, likes him. All reports have been great on Chandler Cox. This could be a very nice pick for the Dolphins. And as training camp continues, obviously he'll improve and get better. But having that fullback in there and a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and run the ball well is, you know, just not just as well as Balage and Drake, but he can run the ball pretty well. That's going to be kind of that X factor for the Dolphins there where he's going to block for you, but he's also not going to be afraid to run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So as long as he keeps improving, he should be a lock to make the team. And, um, you know, he's going to provide some spark for the Dolphins offense in spots, especially short yardage situations where the Dolphins need to get that first down, which they struggled to do in the past. When Studsville, when Eric Studsville was asked about you know, fullbacks and making a comeback in this league. He said that they're hard to find. They're hard to find because he said the job description isn't great and it takes a special person to want to go in there play after play and want to smash it in there. And when talking about Chandler Cox, Studsville said that they believe he's on that road. And again, like I just mentioned, just keep developing and keep getting better and better and see how it ends up playing out. So again, uh, we had Jason Sarney this past weekend on here talking about how Cox was lining up with the tight ends and doing work there as well. So again, that X factor, that hybrid role type guy who's going to play a nice role in this offense. And I know a lot of people are excited about him. And as you can tell, I'm excited about him as well. I can't stop talking about him. And I just I just love the fullback position. I think it is needed in the NFL, especially if you're going to have a run heavy focused, And it certainly sounds like the Dolphins are going to do that based on the team makeup and just based on comments as well. Interesting note from Studsville when talking about Kenyon Drake. Uh, The question was asked, it seems Kenyon Drake has been a third down back most of his career using that situational role. How does he do more? And Studsville said he does more by playing on first and second down and saying that they played him a bunch on first and second down last year. And uh, this part was revealing because Studsville said, I don't think he's a third down back. And when you look at third down backs, what are you looking for, right? Because... Usually, third downs are passing downs, and you need a good blocker in the backfield to pick up blitzers. And we know Drake has struggled with that, so it was kind of revealing to see a coach and hear a coach talk about this publicly and kind of uh, not really say that he can't block. Didn't come out and say that outright, but when you read between the lines and look at what is needed in a third down back, you can see why they don't want to keep him on the field. Now, here was also what was interesting of what Studsville was saying. He said he's going to determine what that role is by what he does out here. We're not pigeonholing him and saying he only does this. We're going to put these guys out here and they're going to show what they can do. They'll show us what they can do and they'll determine what the roles are and how they do everything. Now, there's been a lot of smoke around Caitlin Bellage and him being maybe the guy to take over here. And these comments don't make me feel any better about those who are rooting for Drake to be that primary running back. Because we saw it last year with Gase when he put Frank Gore in over Drake because Drake was trying to do too much and not following all the proper assignments. And now it seems like, again, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it sounds like Studsville is still saying that Drake still has some things to figure out. And Drake still needs to kind of get an identity And be consistent in what he's doing. And these are the same problems he's had over the past several years. Now, it's going to be time. And Drake is going to a contract year. Obviously, he knows this. If he wants to make some decent money on the market, he's going to have to tighten up a few things. And that's the only way that he's going to get better. And the only way that he's going to be a consistent factor in the Dolphins offense. Otherwise, it's very possible that Balazs runs away with the starting job. And while there may be a rotation, there will be a lesser rotation where Drake is only coming in in certain spots. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Again, it's one quote. It's just a few practices, but we've seen all the smoke around Drake and Belage, and just something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Another interesting quote was about Mark Walton, the running back who the Dolphins signed after being drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals and being cut just a few months ago. And uh, Sudsville was asked, what does he need to do to make this football team? On Studsville said this, he just has to keep working and establish what his role is and how he can contribute. I don't know what that is. I don't want to say I'm looking for him to do this because that might be limiting him. He's going to demonstrate to us what he can do, and if there's things that fit into how we see the offense being built and developing, and he's part of that and he is, he'll establish that. Again, this is another quote just like the Drake quote, but... It's a little more damning for Mark Walton in this sense because it sounds like Mark Walton hasn't done anything to stand out yet. sounds like Mark Walton hasn't taken ownership of a possible role that he might have. sounds like Mark Walton hasn't really translated the stuff from the meetings room onto the practice field. So at this point, it seems like Walton is kind of teetering on the edge there of, you know, needing to do a lot more to show he belongs on this roster. And if he doesn't get that going and start taking ownership of his role and his position, then he'll be on the way out at the end of uh, training camp and at the end of cuts as they come in. So that's another thing to keep an eye on because people um, possibly thought that he could turn over a new leaf and get a fresh start here in Miami, but that may not happen if he cannot get his act together. Studsville said, was asked about the most growth in Belage from this time last year. And instead of saying that he has to establish his role and keep working and, and doing better and better, he had a lot of praise for him. And Studsville said, I don't know if it's any one area. I think it's all inclusive. It's everything that he's done. How he works in the meeting room. How he has prepared himself physically. He comes out here knowing what to do. He knew what to do last year too. It's just a matter of getting opportunities to sometimes show what you can do. The timing out of it is different all the time for different players, but he continues to push himself. He's passionate about it, he wants to be really good, and he works like that. Now, don't tell me that out of those three quotes, there's no difference in the way Studsville's talking about Balage compared to Drake and Walton. Big difference, and for anyone who's playing fantasy football. Anyone who's doing dynasty leagues, anyone who's just following the Dolphins just to follow the Dolphins for fan purposes and just the love of the game and, and no other outside influences such as fantasy or gambling, keep an eye out on Caleb, Caleb Blage. It looks like, it sounds like, he's going to be the guy, this is his job to lose. Studsville has high praise for him in the press conference. Completely different tone of the way he's talking about Belage compared to Drake and Walton. This is Belage's job to lose. And as we've said on this show, don't be surprised if this continues throughout the season. Drake is not back in Miami in 2020. Now obviously premature to say that all because we still have a full season to go through and Drake still is going to be a big part of this team and a big part of this offense. It's not like he's going to be sitting on the bench the entire time. But don't be surprised to see Belage factored much more in the offense than Drake and Balazs can probably be a three down back as well, which I'm sure the dolphins would prefer over someone like Drake, who is a first and second down guy only. And when he comes out of the game, it kind of tips to the defense what the dolphins are trying to do. Staying near that running back position and going more towards the offensive line, Michael Dieter questions were asked about him and, uh, what, here's what uh, the offensive line coach Pat Flaherty said. The first thing with Michael because of his rookie status is you want him to get in one spot and that would be guard. Then eventually what he's able to do is work both sides. That's going to be what he were going to try to limit right now with him until he gets those types of techniques. Smart player, knows his assignments, but until you can do the technique over and over again, that's what you need to do and get better as it goes. And uh, the question kind of followed up with Dieter saying that he admitted to needing improvement on the pass sets, although he's very good at the run game. And Flaherty kind of you know, confirmed that. He said, here's the thing about young guys when they transition to the NFL. He played in the Big Ten, a good league, but he's going to be playing against better players. Now his technique, which was well-coached in college, but his technique has to change a little bit because he's going against better players. Some of the things you're able to execute in college won't get the job done here. That's the transition and learning phase he's going to have to learn. So again, sounds like Dieter's on a decent track right now, but it also sounds like he has some improvement to do. And same thing with every offensive rookie uh, lineman. If you need to, if you need to get your technique changed, uh, you're getting it done in training camp when you first enter the NFL, and it's up to you to grab hold of that and be able to understand that and the why behind it, and actually implement it, and put it into action. Isaac Asiata struggled with this. He had to refine his technique, and he can never get it down the right way. Dieter's a smart player. If he can get it down, if he can learn these new techniques and understand the why behind it, which it sounds like he could, then we should see him starting at left guard or right guard to begin the season. And that is obviously the hope of the Dolphins coaches. A lot more to go. Several weeks to go before week one. But um, as long as the, Dieter continues on this track, he should be able to go. So that was just a nice little update on him. Um, you know, Flaherty also said that there's good and bad with him. So far, there's been flashes. and But confirmed, like I just mentioned, that he's a long way of being a good NFL player. So let's hope. Because this offensive line needs some good players there. Um, you know that the coaches confirmed during the press conference that Laramie Tunsil is the only guy that's locked in on the line. So even Daniel Kilgore is getting some competition. I'd be surprised if he wasn't a starter, but it sounds like all four spots are wide open and open competition. But again, I would expect Tunsil obviously at left tackle, Kilgore at center. I would expect Jesse Davis at one of the guard spots and that really leaves left guard and right tackle open. Dieter would be the other guard and then um. Whether it's Jordan Mills or Isaiah Prince, which are probably not, you know, I'd, I'd lean probably more towards Mills at this point. But again, worth looking at, worth watching. And as the Dolphins have no set timetable on their starting five for the offensive line, this can drag on for a little bit and likely will until they start playing some meaningful—not meaningful, meaningful games—but some real action during preseason as you get into weeks two and three. Against, you know, the better competition in terms of starters staying on the field longer than they do in the first game. And obviously the fourth game where hardly any starters play. To close out the show, we're going to look at the wide receiver group and kind of what Chad O'Shea talked about there. And there were some interesting um, quotes in here. When Chad O'Shea was asked about the slot position and how in New England it was very prominent... Chad O'Shea, that he said he likes the skill set of the players, that he thinks they have some strong players that can be multiplayer positions, multi-position players. And what I also liked Chad O'Shea saying is that he is going to take these receivers and design plays to their skill set. He said that we have to utilize their skill set, and that's true of that position. And that's refreshing to hear because you hear every coach say they want to play to the player's strengths. But not all coaches do it. Some get very stubborn and say the players need to adapt to their scheme, and we see failures as a result. When you got Chad O'Shea saying, we're going to look at the skill set of every player, and we're going to put them in the best position to succeed, to me that is very encouraging because it says that he has a good understanding of what these guys can bring to the table. He's not going to pigeonhole them in certain spots and, as a result, have bad results on offense. So they do that very well in New England. They play to their players' strengths. And it sounds like, certainly at least right now, and the proof will be in the pudding when the plays start getting called and they go on the field on Sundays starting against the Baltimore Ravens in Week 1, but it sounds like they are on a promising track for that. Chad O'Shea had some in revealing thoughts about the tight end position as well, said the tight end group doesn't get a lot of talk around here, but he likes Nick O'Leary as a dependable said this as dependable of player as we've had through the offseason. Nick O'Leary's making this team. said Mike Kaziki is working in his role to be the player that he needs to be, which is interesting is as you heard Jason this past weekend on Finsider Daily, he said that he believes based on what's been going on in practice, Jizicki is going to be that role player, that guy who comes in in certain situations and not your every down tight end. So that's interesting because that kind of confirms that. Said Durham Smythe is trying to be the blocker that we know he can be. Again, revealing, we knew Durham Smythe coming out of college isn't your receiving tight end, is it your blocking tight end? But again, that just confirms that they're going to use Smythe in that role. So it sounds like those three are in the clubhouse right now, the clubhouse leaders. Lots, lots of ways to go. You have Dwayne Allen as well. But if you can get a, I don't know if the Dolphins would go with four tight ends, but I would assume, presume, you know, O'Leary, Allen, Jazicki off the bat, Smythe fitting in there and trying to be that guy who can make the roster as well. They do keep four tight ends. And again, having a guy who can be multifaceted, if you're just a plain old blocker or a plain old receiver, that's not going to really help the team. So, these guys need to do a good job of really getting everything under their belt and learning how to do the different things at the tight end position, which is a very complex position because there is so much to do. And as we all know, coming into the league as a rookie tight end can be very daunting, and you are more than likely going to struggle rather than succeed. Last one here on the wide receiver position was asked about Jakeem Grant and being in the slot in the first season by the former coaching staff and then soon scrapped it after that. And Chad O'Shea said that they've told the receivers that they're going to clean slate this and they're going to utilize this where they think they can help the offense, whether it's inside or outside, whether that's true of Jakeem or Albert Wilson or Devontae, playing inside some, we're going to use these guys in a multiple position role. So we definitely haven't pigeonholed them into any position. We truly haven't. He said that they lined their outside receivers inside, some inside receivers outside. So he says they're going to try to have the mindset that says you guys need to learn our offense conceptually. You need to understand the big picture and be able to get lined up at all spots. I love that. I love that. Utilize Devontae in a slot. Get him going there. Utilize his strengths, this big body on the short slants, on the intermediate crossings. Get him out there. Don't pigeonhole these guys. They become better players by putting them all over the place. And even on the outside, Albert Wilson, match him up one-on-one against a guy. Jakeem Grant, let him go one-on-one. Let him burn them. And then if you have Fitzpatrick or Rosen throwing bombs, it can be a beautiful thing. Now, the offensive line needs to protect the quarterback, and that's going to be a big part of it. But... As you see these quotes, as you see the practices, as you see the updates, as you see the progress coming in, you start to see some promising signs. Now, everything always looks good on paper. In training camp, everything is always promising. Then the actual game starts, and then it's like, oh, boy. But at least there's some promise. At least there's some hope. And it's not all doom and gloom. That's going to do it here for me on Finsider Daily. Be sure to check back tomorrow morning for Sutton who will be talking, of course, training camp updates and and a few tidbits and pieces of an interview that we're going to reveal in the morning. And then Houts will be with you on Wednesday morning, our flagship on Thursday morning, and then one of us will be back on Friday. Thank you for listening to Finsider Daily. I am Matt Kanata. We'll talk to you later. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network.
1: Miami has the Dolphins.